And good evening, family. Welcome to another edition of Wednesday Night Live. I am Pastor Pat. I am one of the senior pastors here at the Movement Church. I'm joined by Pastor Jeff. Good evening, everyone. It is great to see you again, brother. Man, it's so good to be with you. Hey, we're going to jump right in. I'm going to, a few really quick things. Um, just wanted to give a huge shout out to everyone online, everyone who's watching on Facebook and on YouTube. If you could, uh, we'd love to know who you are. So drop some names and where you're tuning in from in the chat. Hey, listen, as always, as we talk tonight, uh, as Jeff and I talk, uh, we want you to know that if something comes up in our discussion that piques your interest, or perhaps you wonder, hey, you know, I have a question about that, or hey, wait a second, uh, that, that maybe strikes a deeper thought, or yeah. something like that. Sure. Um, you can always reply right in the comments. You can ask questions. We have a team that's actually feeding questions and things to us, so that if it's something that we can address right here, live tonight, then that's awesome, and we will do that. Um, a couple quick things. Uh, as always, uh, I just wanted to say a quick shout out to everyone who participated with our community outreach for San Marcos Elementary. Yeah. Um, props to Haley and the team, yeah. and the team shout being out. our church family. I mean, I think I think they knocked it out of the park. Always, always knock it out of the park. Your generosity never goes unnoticed with your heavenly Father. I think if you want, you can go to our Instagram, you can go to our Facebook. I believe we have like a little wrap-up video from Haley on there. She'll tell you what it was that we did. And I believe we surpassed the expectations of San Marcos Elementary School that's right down the street from us. Our goal, and the reason I bring this up is I want you to know, our goal, especially with community, especially with people's lives that are right around us, by the way, that is where change starts. That's where we have the biggest impact um, it's probably we're going to have our biggest failures, yes. but it's going to be where we have our biggest successes. Oh, and so uh, I just feel like our mandate, uh, the agenda that we have in our hearts and we have as an organization, as a church, is to meet real needs with real solutions. And we were able to do that and even do more than I think they were looking for from us. And so I just want to give a huge Huge, huge round of applause to everyone in the family who contributed to making that happen. There's some real need over there. And so yeah. it makes me it makes me very proud of our church family. So give yourselves a huge homeschool high five right now, wherever you're at. Um, as we go tonight, hey, listen, if you need anything tonight, there's, there's, there's two things. You can text. This is not going to pop up on your screen but I want you to write this down, and it's going to be in the comments because I'm sure all of our administrators and our ministry leads in the comments will put this in for you. If you can text PRAY111 to the number 94090 if you need prayer for anything tonight. I want to be sure that you, uh, you get prayer if there's something that you need. Uh, there's still, I think, to a large degree, a lot that people are dealing with behind the scenes, behind closed doors, under the surface. And we want to be part of bringing just the hand and the heart of God uh, to your doorstep. So 100%. pray 111, yeah. the word pray and the numbers just 111. Pray 111 to 94090. Yeah. And we would love to have a team member reach out to you and just pray with you. And if there's any other needs you have, you can always text the number 760. Is it 400 or 500? 4888. 500 4888. 
that would be awesome. Yes. Um, you can always text that number, 760-500-4888, and we are there to reach out to you. Tonight, Jeff and I are going to be talking a little bit about, we're going to reflect a little. I'm going to lean a little bit into Sunday's message. Nice. And then as as we as we communicated, uh, just walking into tonight, there were some things that Jeff had on his heart coming out of our message, some practical things, and, and I'm going to allow him to share just personally to the degree that he feels comfortable um, and why what we're going to talk about, I think, came to just a personal practical application today and, and yeah. for him in his life this week. And I think that's something that's huge. You know, I can talk about something on a Sunday or we can preach something or we can read something. That's a, it's a great it's a great story. It's a yep. great article. It's a great devotional. But when it's made practical, like, okay, how did that break down in your life? What does Come that on. look like? One of the things that we talked about on Sunday was is that we were the the, the concept was now as I say this I I, I also want to qualify this by saying if you if you didn't see uh, Sunday's messages you can see any one of those messages from our eight nine thirty eleven fifteen you can see it on our YouTube channel so if yeah. you're already on YouTube you can jump over there anytime if you're not on YouTube, um, on YouTube. I would highly 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 suggest that you subscribe to our channel. And click that bell so that you can get an alert every time we have fresh content to come to you. But on Sunday, uh, I spoke about us standing uh, simultaneously. That in Ephesians six ten, four times the word stand is used. And we mm -hmm. should stand. And this word stand is to stand in the presence of and also stand in opposition of. And what I was talking about was is that we're called to stand against the devil and his schemes. That's right. Now, that's one form of standing. Mm -hmm. The other form of standing is this idea of standing in the presence of. So contextually, this is what that means. I could stand in the presence of Jeff mm -hmm. together, and we could lean on each other. We could lean into our relationship and lean on each other, and we could actually use each other to hold each other up to be able to stand in one another's presence for strength. Because the strength that him and I have together, of course, is stronger than his strength on his own, my strength on my own. Yes. And that's the picture that God paints for us because 6.10, Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord. And that word in is before, after, above, below, that's to the good. right, to the left. It's to be surrounded. The word means against, but it's not against an opposition. It's to stand and lean against and draw from mm. being in the presence of God. Mm. But that's practical too. I could draw from the strength that Jeff carries by being in his presence. Yeah. That when I see him, I, you know, we can lean into each other in relationship and we can be a strength for one another so we can stand together simultaneously in the presence of each other and at the exact same time stand in opposition to the, the schemes of the devil is what the scripture is saying. Excellent. So we were talking about standing in the presence of God. One of the, the concepts that I talked about on Sunday was we need to be, be in the presence of God, operate in and from the presence, the presence right. of God. Mm -hmm. And there's some practical things that I think about uh, when I think about being in the presence of God. Uh, one of the things I said was, is the Father's presence is the high place that we do battle from. Yeah. Because uh, in Psalms 27.4, it says that for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling, in, in where he dwells, in his presence. 
and he will hide me in the shelter of the sacred tent, and he and he set me high upon a rock. Yeah. And that we're as we're high upon a rock, we're not on a pedestal, but Jesus is the rock. Jesus is seated in heavenly places with the Father in the throne room. We're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. So we're seated in heavenly places, high above. We do battle, so it's the Father's presence is the place we do battle from. That's good. Now, we say this sometimes, like, man, that'll preach. That would preach, though. Okay, so it's like, <laughs> it's like that'll preach. People yeah. are like, amen, high five. So it's like you guys could be throwing down all, like, the, yes. the Christian emoji shakas, you know, with the praying hands <laughs> and all that stuff right now. And that'll preach. But how does that play out mm. practically? So we're going to talk about two things really quickly tonight. I'm going to have Jeff share how, how being in the presence of God, the word that the Lord gave him and what that means. And then I'm going to talk about how I put myself in the presence of God and a practical exercise of that as well. And they're going to look it's seemingly different, but I believe they're the same. But Jeff, could you... As much as you want to share, just give us a touch base on what you were thinking today and as much as you want to share what brought you to this conversation that you and I were having nice. about being in the presence of God. Um, when Pat and I talk, Pastor Pat, I should say, so you guys don't think I'm not being proper. You can call me Pat. When Pat and I talk, we always go to another level. Don't need a lot of words. We just get right to it. But one of the things that has uh, been evident in my life, he talked about things that we go through. And um, the word abide is what I've had to do over this last week. And I'll give you just, some, some, just a, a brief look into a, a personal part of my life. My mother, Astra Jones, is in a memory care facility at Vista Gardens about five minutes from the Movement Church. She's been there three years and we have been standing for my mom's mental, uh, just health and all of that. Through all of this, God has breathed restoration between my father and I, my sister and I. God is all in it. But as of Monday, we got a, a, just a, a heart-wrenching message that she was transitioning. And that simply means she's moving on possibly to be with Jesus. When you hear words like that and they come to you, you either are going to freak out, which is normal, it's okay, but you just can't stay there, all right? Let me just say that. You can, you can lose it a little bit, but you have to be able to bounce back. And the word abide, I've had to lean on all week long. So from Monday, we have been abiding in the promises. I told a few people, they've been praying and fasting and praying, and I'm here to say that my mom is doing way better. She's out of the transition stage or she's doing better. She will be out of the transition stage by Friday. But guys, what that did for me is I had to abide in him. And that was difficult at first because I had to gauge my emotions and I had to go back into what his word said and lean on the promise. So when you say abide, what, what are some practical things that you, and I, I'm going to share some practical sure. things that I do. It's, this is going to be interesting to hear you. Um, what, are, what are some practical things that you do? Knowing you, I could guess, but what are some practical things that you do and you're like, okay, I got the call. We, I need to like, I'm going to use some really cliche terms sure. right now. I need to really press into mm -hmm. 
God. So what I mean by that when I say press into is I need to press into that leaning. Yes, leaning. I need to press into leaning on him, lean not on my own understanding. I need to press into leaning into him because his understanding is different than mine. So what do you do to begin that pressing? What are some practical things that you do? How do you set that, that mood and that tone? And what do, you, what do you maybe use to exercise that? I'm a worship guy. So I have worship all the time. You know, I will thump a little battle rap and all that stuff, but I, I am because I like the bass kick, the, the way the bass kicks in my speakers. But I am a worship baby. I put worship on all the time. Practically, I have at least top thirty scriptures in the Word that I go to for just about anything that I can lean on. And I went directly to John fifteen. I was telling Pastor Pat that we call 1 Corinthians 13 the love chapter. Yeah. John 15 is the abide chapter. Yeah. And I started going through everything that he said, if I would abide and what he would do. And I just go to my scriptures and we begin to build and stand and declare what God has said for me, for my family, for my wife, yeah. for my mother. I begin to abide and declare, abide and declare. So really the presence, so I'm going to say, you know, like you begin to abide and declare. So what you're doing is you're leaning into God yep. and you begin declaring his promises. Yes. And that is a practical way. When, so when people hear us say, we need to live presence driven, we just, to be in the presence of God. And I'm a far different person if I'm not leaning into and pressing oh, into, 100%. right? 100%. Because all <laughs> of a sudden, too. I'm living out of my own promises yep. instead of the promises of God. Yes. So you, you begin shifting. Instead of being human or man-centric, mm -hmm. it's a very God-centric declaration of this is, if I do this and I stay attached in God's presence, the, this is the outcome that he's promised. That's correct. Okay. So worship, so here's what I guessed that worship was going to be really how you begin to set the tone all the time so here's what's fascinating i i believe we we have a huge value here in our church for worship mm -hmm. I, I would say that we're worship centric and what i mean by that is of course if you show up to church on a sunday morning here uh at the movement or you tune in online and you're watching at a watch party or you're just sitting alone watching online during the week, or however you're you're getting our service. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, there's no question that when you watch that worship is a value. Yeah. Like the music, worship, what we call worship, uh, mostly in America, I feel like the <laughs> music is a value. Yeah. That time to me is really important mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning. So I will sacrifice time with my message uh, and, and the presentation of my message in order to, to, to put time into that environment of worship because I personally believe it, when we worship, Come on. we begin the declarative process yeah. that, that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I, and, I, and I really feel, and this gets in, I'm not going to get wildly into this, but I believe really that worship songs that I appreciate, I should say this, worship songs I appreciate put me in a headspace of declaring who God is yes, and reminding me of his promises. 
And what I'm doing is, is I'm, I'm walking myself out of the mindset of man, of me. And I'm, I'm walking myself into the mindset of a creator and of God and his presence. Yeah. And so we're worship centric in that way, but we're also worship centric in the sense that I will define worship often as just simply a, a follower of Jesus that says you can have it all. That's good. Because worship is really, a sa- it's the sacrifice of yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to say, Father, you can have everything. Because yeah. what your son Jesus did, you've empowered me with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And you've anointed us with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so, God, you can, ha- you can have it all. <clears throat> so that's the worshiper's language. So yeah. worship, we're worship-centric in the sense that we say, God, you can have it all. Mm-hmm. So here is, for me, worship. Now, I'm going to say worship as music is my practical connection to the presence of God. So I can be in a horrible mind space or heart space. And, and, I, and I don't know if you can relate to this. I'm going to guess that it's going to be similar. But do you find that you can be in a really bad mental space or just emotional heart space? And it's really interesting. As much as I don't really want to do it, if mm-hmm. I put on worship music and I have my go-tos and yeah, we all do if anybody if anybody wants to get like a download of Jeff and I's go-tos you can always message us and we would be more than happy to more give you than some happy to share the love yeah and so sometimes <laughs> it's like here's a playlist or I have songs for seasons yeah that's good you know yeah, what I yeah. mean I know that just you and I knowing each other for almost 30 years there were songs for seasons where you would you would text me and go like you gotta listen to this song yeah. bro and yeah. I I'd listen to it and it would just I mean, cr- like wreck you in a yes. good way, you know, like pull your car over on the side of the yeah. freeway so you don't get in an accident. It's good stuff. Good stuff, you know. And so, so we can always give that to you on a practical level. But I know that it's not easy. I know sometimes I don't really feel like it, you know, if I'm just having a hard time. Mm-hmm. But I know that it changes Whew. everything. The first environment that it changes, it changes the internal environment mm-hmm. in me. That's right. So when you began, you know, you get this phone call, you put it, you begin worshiping, you put on worship music, you begin praying. The first thing it did is it changed your internal environment. Yeah, it did. You were declaring things then mm-hmm. that shifted the natural environment. Mm-hmm. So it's super important, I think, that we take control. The, there was a passage that I read on Sunday, and, it, and it's, I'm going to take a piece out of it. And essentially, it said that we need to take captive every thought yes. and subject those thoughts to Jesus. Come on. And so it's this idea of part of subjecting our thoughts. Are, so let me, I'm going to expand on that. Our thoughts, our emotions, yep. so our feelings, yep. because we feel a lot of things. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> so... Gosh, you had some feelings when you got off the phone. I did. You know, I, we have feelings during the day. And there's this, there's this part of us that needs the environment of our hearts to be shifted so that we can even begin to walk with the courage and the strength to begin the declaration process to change the physical environments, the natural environment. Mm-hmm. So we take thought and we take captive these ideas that's good and we that word captive means to imprison them we imprison them and we torture them Mm. 
with declaration of God's yeah. promises. You, can see that. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this, I'm going to like sound torture. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't sing, so yeah, I'm going to declare all All of it. Long. You know, it's like <laughs> you just you, you turn a song on in the house and it begins to shift. First, it shifts something in you. You feel mm-hmm. a peace. You, you feel your adrenaline kind of start to go down and your amygdala, the part of your brain that it's a fight or flight and it's overloaded with chemicals. You feel your amygdala start to actually, you know, retract a little bit and the chemical reaction starts to go away. And then all of a sudden you're able to then be a worshiper out of the presence of God. And you determine the presence of your environments out of the presence of God, but it takes a shift. It does. How much, how much of the internal environment, let let me ask you this, how much of your natural environment do you think that you live in is driven by the shifting of your internal environment? A lot. Even now that I've been working from home for the last 16 weeks, our house is actually worshipers. When we're not in our flesh and our carnal ways like we all can do, my wife will play the piano or keyboard, symphony. My youngest daughter will begin to sing songs from the movement church. Uh, Even my oldest daughter will begin to join in when she feels it. So we always have some type of worship naturally at the Jones household. One of the things we also have are tools. We have books and decrees One of the books we were uh, uh, using this week is called The King's Decree from my uh, friend Spring Humey from his house. She wrote a book called The King's Decree. And part of that, that really short book are different decrees about the blood of Jesus and the promises, how God sees you, angels. When you begin to decree and declare, like he was saying, from a place of worship and the presence, It just bombards the enemy over and over, and it gets my heart right Mm. to get ready because no one's ready for their parents, our brother-in-law, whoever, to go to the other side. But I need the will of God. If the will of God was for her on that day, let me be full of the presence. If he whispers, lay hands. You have to be able to abide in his presence with promises, even though the circumstances look bleak, hoping for his presence and his provision to come through. Yeah, that word abide, to rest, to lean, to remain, to mm-hmm. continue. It's good. So those are those are other words you might be able to use. If you've never heard that word abide, because that's kind of an interesting term, right, mm-hmm. to abide in something. We don't use that in our common vernacular just in remain. 2020. So just to remain, to continue, to mm-hmm. sit still in. Uh, those are great words. You know, worship is, again, it's a practical connection. So I loved, you know, I, I would summarize what Jeff and I are saying by this. I would highly recommend if you want to do some really cool study, this would be a really cool study for you to do. I'm just going to read very quickly First Chronicles 16.1. That's a good one. First Chronicles 16.1 says, They brought the ark of God and set it inside the tent mm-hmm. that David had pitched for it, and they presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before God. Mm-hmm. And it said, after David had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each Israelite man. 
and woman. Now, before I continue, that was verse 1 through 3. I want to give you a very quick understanding of what was happening. The Ark of the Covenant, it was, it was uh, built with specific instructions that God gave mm -hmm. through Moses. And this is the Ark was built. Mm -hmm. It carried the presence of God. And yeah. I'm not going to break down the Ark of the Covenant, but it has very significant, um, specific design instructions that you can see pictures of in the New Testament as it was built in the Old Testament. Yeah. And it's really fascinating and, and there's really cool studies that you can do. But essentially, the presence of God, this is where the presence of God dwelt. And you couldn't, as, as the story is told and as history is shown, that you couldn't touch the Ark of the Covenant with your hands. So they had these long poles that they would stick through and lift the Ark of the Covenant up. And these guys were appointed, they were part of the priestly tribe, and their job, 100% of their job, was to move the presence of God, kind of a scary job, <laughs> to take the presence of God and move the Ark of the Covenant from place to place. Levites. The, the, the nation of Israel got to the point where they lost the Ark of the Covenant. Someone had stolen it from them. David returns the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel and takes it to the city of David. Now, upon arriving at the city of David, the place that the Ark of the Covenant in all of history, as instructed by God in Leviticus, the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to rest in the innermost courts of the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. There was three courts. The innermost court was the most holy of holies, that a priest one time a year would go in to atone for all of the wrongdoings mm -hmm. of the entire nation of Israel. And if this priest who was chosen to go in wasn't clean, if he was defiled, if he had anything that he was bearing that was unclean, he would drop dead in the presence of God. And so they would pull him out of the most holy of holies with a rope tied around his ankle Man. that he would go in with. If he dropped dead, they would just pull on the rope and they would yank him out of there. Now, so this is serious stuff. So messing with the presence of God was a serious, serious thing mm. in the Old Testament. And here we have David. You fast forward, and David was a young boy. He was anointed to be king. Took mm -hmm. him years to actually become king. And here he is. He gets the presence of God. He brings the presence of God back to the nation of Israel. He's going to restore the presence of God to the nation of Israel. And instead of bringing the presence of God to the tabernacle, put in the Holy of Holies, he builds a tent. Check this out. I'm listening. He builds a tent <laughs> that we now call the tent of David. Yeah. He builds a tent and he gives some instructions. So David has just brought the Ark of the Covenant back into the fold, mm -hmm. the presence of God. This is important to know. David was after one thing. It said that David was a man after God's own heart. That's right. David was after one thing, and that was to be in the presence of God, period. David did not seek after position, he sought after presence. Ooh. The reason why God anointed him to be king, I believe, and he had so much success, he had failures, but the reason why he had success underneath God's hand, the anointing that God had placed on him, was because David never was in search of the position of king. 
He was in search of God's presence when he was found and anointed for the position of king. So when we're in the presence of God and we're seeking after the presence of God, oftentimes we will find our calling and we will begin to walk into the anointing that looks like position in the natural actually starts as presence in the spiritual. spiritual. So here we have David, all this in mind. Can that preach? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So David brings the ark back in. He says he set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it, not the tabernacle, different tent. They go through these offerings. Verse 4, he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to extol, thank, and praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Asaph was the chief, and next to him in rank was Zechariah, then Jeziel, then Shemeramoth, Jehiel, Mattathiah, Eliab, Benaiah, Obed-Edom, and Jael. They were to check this out. They were to play the lyres and mm-hmm. the harps. Come on. Asaph was to sound the cymbals, Benaniah and Jehaziel. The priests were to blow the trumpets regularly before the Ark of the Covenant of God. Now let me explain to you what I just read. Why is the music that we call worship so important to being in the presence of God? What is the connection Mm -hmm. between when we are standing in an environment and we have musicians that start to play as they go after being in God's presence, as they focus on praise, thanks, extolation, and they focus on all of that in the presence of God, why does it do something to the environment and what's happening? It's because this is the blueprint for us today that we should always operate from the presence of God. Now, here's what's interesting about what David did. This music that all of these chief musicians were in charge of, these These musicians played music 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 33 years. Worship never stopped for 33 years. How old was Jesus when he died? 33. For 33 years, this is what David did. He would say, hey, the country is coming into a season where it looks like we might go into battle. We don't know if we should go into battle. And he would give instruction to these chief musicians, and they would incorporate those requests and the things that were happening. So here's what I'm saying. 100% of the government and the governing of the nation of Israel for 33 years came out of the presence of God. David only did what he felt like God was instructing them to do out of a place of worship, 24-7 music, worship yes. happening. Yes. Then David prescribed a scribe to walk with him. So let's say Jeff was a scribe, and that what that means is David was walking, and so we see this evidenced in much of the Psalms. David didn't write all the Psalms, FYI. He right. wrote a, a lot of them, but not all of them. Right. But you'll notice when you read the Psalms, they'll say this was something written by David and given to the chief musician of the cymbals or the lyres and the harps or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's strings, drums, um, 
trumpets, all the brass section, what we consider the brass section, <laughs> right? All the horns, things that make lots of noise. So David would walk, worship's going on, presence of God, centric, every worship-centric governing. How do we move? When do we move? Where do we move? What's for the people? When for the people? Why for the people? Everything that's happening is happening out of the presence of God. David did battle from the presence of God. What did I say on Sunday? The Father's presence is where we do battle from. It's from high places. Why? Because your perspective is different. Yep. David's perspective was different. When David stepped out of operating out of the presence of God, that's when he got he in trouble. Up. Yep. So there's a story of Bathsheba. That's why. That's why. He stopped operating in the presence. He's human. He's gonna, he makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. The important thing that we have to understand is that David would walk. He would say, this is something. He would get a melody. He would get a musical download. And he would turn to the scribe and say, this is what I hear on the drums. Right. This is what I hear on the stringed instrument. Right. This, is the, this is the lyric and the melody that I hear. And the scribe would, would get it down as fast as he could. Mm-hmm. And David would send that scribe to the chief musicians to play his declarations and the lyrics and the melodies in the presence of God. And God would respond and From give him instruction on how to govern that's right the nation of israel that's good now there is something wonderfully powerful about what we call worship in terms of music that's right and so (laughs) i would honor just so this is very because i want this to not be like we just need to spend time in the presence of god all day. Well, yeah, what does that Nothing mean? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, go find a flowery field yes. and <laughs> smell the flowers. And God, the trees are so amazing. Some of us aren't nature people, so we're not going to run around in the daisies. But there are things that God gives us, and I believe worship as music is a weapon that God gives it us is. to shift things and change things. It has been in my life. I know for you. It has all, yeah. Not always, but... I've been saved. My wife and I say we should have a master's degree in yes, you in, should in the kingdom. We have been saved yeah. all of our young adult lives, and now we see the kingdom as as fathers and my wife as mothers. Not because of our age, but because of our wisdom in His presence. If you've come to our church, one of the most powerful men in our church is Papa Don. Papa Don carries the presence of the Father. If you've ever gotten prayed for by Papa Don, he carries the presence of the Father because he's learned through his life and his weaknesses on how to abide and how to worship. So if you've ever been here, one of the things that you were saying was the declarations. When we come off, if you've ever been in a worship service where there's the songs, the lyrics are there or the words are there, and all of a sudden, you know, one of, the, one of the singers sings something different that's not on the screen. Yeah. That is a declaration that Pastor Pat's talking about from the Spirit. And if we learn when that comes out, if we would all mimic that and sing that, 
we start declaring in the atmosphere that declaration of heaven. It's really called the song of the Lord. And that's another teaching. But you'll notice that we do that on our Sundays. And if we would learn, if you're here or at home, to just continue to sing that, you'll hear the presence and feel the presence and get instructions too. Man, so... Good. Yeah, you broke that part of worship down really well because I think sometimes people walk in and, yeah, there are these moments that we actually encourage the mm -hmm. leaders of our worship teams to to be attentive like David was, mm -hmm. right? To be attentive like David was, to be after the presence of God, to be after the Father's heart. So a lot of times we process it and we say, "What's what is the heart of the Father saying right now? And so we're processing as we're going, whether it's you or me communicating right, right, right. or one of the other pastors that are speaking from our platforms mm -hmm. or it's someone who's leading musically, it's we're going after the heart of the Father. What are we doing? We're saying, God, we're here. We're in your presence. Speak to us. And some of what we end up saying isn't on, quote, unquote, script, <laughs> yeah, it's not. but it's really it's us diving into what is what like what is on your heart yeah, that heart you want to speak to us mm -hmm. right now yeah so worship i'm trying to find this quote there's a guy that i love take your time um i mean we got a little time don't we got a little time i mean you are the pastor of the church so you could just stay here all night we have very little okay <laughs> so here's here's what it is so the, there's this idea of in in David's tabernacle, the tabernacle of David, out of this tent that he brings the Ark of the Covenant, he brings the presence of God. And what's always fascinating to me is, is that he broke he broke the rules. Yeah. He didn't bring the Ark of the Covenant back to the Holy of Holies. Mm -mm. So he broke the rules, but he was so passionate and so much after God's heart and presence. I almost felt like God was showing us that his original intent was that we would just be wildly and madly affectionate and passionate about trying to get to him. And there never was, like, and th this, is, this is theologically sound in what I'm about to say, but there never was supposed to be curtains of separation no, never. from an outer court, inner court, holy of never. holies. That he created us to walk with us. He walked with Adam and Eve. That's Sin right. separated us. Yes. So when David takes the, the, the presence of God and puts it in a tent called the, t the tent of David or, you know, David's tabernacle, mm -hmm. what he's showing us is he's giving us a foreshadowing and a picture. That's good. This word, it's a prophetic picture mm -hmm. of us living. When Jesus comes, we no longer need a high priest to atone for our sins behind curtains once a year, that Jesus Christ is the high priest and the um, unblemished lamb. And we now have full access and we can actually worship in the presence of God the way that David did. And so David lived in this really profound time where for 33 years he showed. So that's why it's key that for 33 years he did that and Jesus' life was for 33 years mm -hmm. because the tie in there is that it's through Jesus. It was through Jesus' season that we were given 
yes. the opportunity to step in and have direct contact in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing tonight. Like, you don't have to come. You don't have to be here on a Sunday morning. You know, I mean, those things help. Yeah. I know that you tune in to certain worship stations, mm-hmm. and I watch certain worship things. And, like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Like, those things help. help. They're tools. But we don't, we don't, from a structure standpoint, have anything in between us and the heart of the Father any longer. We can go directly to the Father and worship Him. And we can govern our lives and we can govern our families and govern our businesses and govern cities and nations out of the presence of God. Yeah. And I love this. Uh, a guy named Ray Hughes said this. And he said, uh, in the tabernacle of David... This is what it gives to us. It's about us grabbing God's right now language and turning it into the expression or the song of who you are. Mm. And he says, begin to sing unto the Lord a new song. And when you begin to do that, you begin to release the sound of God based on the mighty things he has done. Yes. And the key to this thing that I just read you was that when we are in the presence of God, mm-hmm. this, as I just described how David kind of did, that we're now given mm-hmm. when we're in this, in this environment, that God begins giving us a right now language that we can grab a hold of and we can turn it into an expression. That expression for you this week was prayer, fasting, and declarations. So that was your expression. Yeah, we declared. I mean, there's use the book like we talked about. Uh, Carice was using the book, my daughter. Uh, my wife, we, would, we started taking turns reading it together. Uh, that's some good family time with my oldest daughter. We were just reading what the blood of Jesus, we declare what the blood has done. Yeah. And from those declarations, you take them from a place of presence. God gives you something in your, in your spirit, inside of you, that when you declare it, it's literally a weapon. You just take captive, like you said on Sunday, and yeah. now you're showing the enemy that you are defeated because the word of God never returns empty. Yeah. 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 So I think that expression is that that's why us expressing it is so important. Mm-hmm. I think that's why even, you know, David expressed so much of what he did through mm-hmm. the Psalms and, um, his expression of music. So for, for us, what you're going to see is you're going to see an expression either in our preaching, our teaching, uh, devotionals, the way we're praying, mm-hmm. but you're also going to see it in song. song. So that's the other part. So when Jeff, when you were describing coming here on a Sunday and seeing worship leaders who were singing the song and all of a sudden the band is kind of holding this musical space, space and then you see the worship leaders you know, eyes closed, maybe kind of feels like they're focusing on something and then they just start singing this this melody. What they're doing is they're beginning to grab right now language mm-hmm. for a right now expression to release for a right now word. That's right. Um, and so that for us is really important. It is. And, and we, I want to tell you, you can grow in this. Like you can grow and practice. So there, there is definitely something to be practiced in all this. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage all of you, in saying that, I would encourage all of you um, to, to be able to practice being in the presence of God. So here's the deal. 
This is how I would practically practice it. Find some really good worship music that you like. If you don't like worship music, I'm going to challenge you on that. <laughs> um, There'll be one band you like. There, there's, like. there are so many variations of worship, what I call worship music. Worship is a genre. Mm -hmm. There's so many forms and styles within worship. Mm -hmm. If you don't know where to start. Elijah List. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> the there's some YouTube channels that yes. I think are amazing yep. that I subscribe to, different worship communities that, especially with technology, they just they kill it on YouTube and they release songs, some really diverse stations, so depending on where you're coming from. So practically speaking, I would challenge all of us, mm -hmm. especially, especially, especially. I think, Jeff, what you described this week is hits directly home for you and your family. But also I believe it is a it was a picture of where we're at in the season that we've been in the last three months. Come on. Where we're getting hit when we wake up in the morning, we're getting hit with news that we could take and we could just roll over and say, Oh, okay, well that's what the experts are saying. And so I guess I just have to accept it. And instead you said, hold on a second. We're going to get into the presence of God. We're going to worship. We're going to shift the internal perspective. We're going to declare. So we're going to shift the spiritual. We're going to declare in the natural. And we believe that God can do something supernaturally in the natural through our spiritual shifting. That's it. And every time. I believe that right now where we're at, almost June's almost over. It is. We're almost into the seventh month. Fourth of July. Seventh month of this incredible year we've had. It's Come been stellar. On. I believe that if we can grab a hold of moving into and operating in and out of the presence of God, we will have internal shifts in our perspectives, but we will also see things shift outside of the spiritual shift in us in the natural. And we will see supernatural moves of God yes. in our communities, mm -hmm. in our homes, in our families, mm -hmm. um, in our cities, our neighborhoods, our counties, our states, and our nation. And honestly, I believe uh, globally. And so I thought, I thought your word tonight, and this was really your word. You, when I asked you, I'm like, what are you sensing for tonight? And you said, do the word is abide. It's abide. And Just then, go to John 15, read it talks about the vine. If you abide in the vine, you're a branch. Talks about if you abide in him or remain and he remains in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done by your father in heaven. What a tremendous promise. But we have to learn how to remain and that's difficult sometimes. But you're more equipped to remain than to be scattered. You were created to remain in his presence. So we just need to practice that. Another thing that came up, we're bent on worship. That's our bent. That's how we declare things. That's how we worship. Uh, one of my nieces, your daughters, Emma, she will create macrame that is anointed, okay? <laughs> she's an artist. She's an artist. Yeah, different. So she'll not do vocally. Not she's, vocally, yeah. but she, you can create different things. So you can, you can draw. You can create something. Imagine creating something like that 
praying over it and seeing someone going through something and the Holy Spirit leads you to give them that and encourage them in that, from that presence, you touch their heart or healing happens. This is how the super invades our natural if we're willing to use the gifts that God gave us. That's so good. I think all of us, I think sometimes we get hung up on music if, we're, if we don't consider ourselves musical. Yeah, that's it. Worship is like, not just music. It's not. <laughs> so that, that's, that's one of the things that I think we were speaking to and dancing around, but you really hit on the head right now is, you know, you, maybe you don't connect with worship because you're like, well, I'm not a musician. I, I was, a, you know, I'm a musician and, you know, of course I connect to worship because of the musical part of it, but... I've always connected to That's it. That's right. Um, I don't think it has to do with you or me being musicians or anything else. I think it has to do with the shift that happens in us when we put ourselves in that environment. Yes. So that every single one of us, I just want to say this, this is a whole other topic, but <laughs> we talk a lot about creatives in our society mm-hmm. as if there's this segment of society that are the creatives and there's the segment of society that aren't creative at all. But the truth is, is we're all creative. That's right. We're all, we're all created in the image of a creator. Mm. So that means we're all creative. Reaching. So you might be an engineer that sits behind a computer and you make art out of numbers and code. Yeah. And I can't do that. But that's your sound. That's your expression. That's right. And you can get into an environment of worship and the presence of God and come out and you can write code for a computer that builds an algorithm and does something that could save millions of people or that could be the next great uh, tech, you know, thing that is helping individuals or, you know, you may become a billionaire and go on to completely and radically change the economy of mm-hmm. how God um, uses wealth. And so right. there's so many things that come out of it. I just don't want people to think worship because we are talking about, and David proved that there's something about music yes but it's not about you being a musician Mm -hmm. it's about what the music does to you and i could get into a lot about music and uh frequencies of resonance and we could get really nerdy but i'm not going to do that (laughs) um this is a question that just came in i'm going to answer this one question and then just for sake of time we're like seconds away from being done tonight um just it said, as like a unit of people, we're going through a lot. It says, are you finding individuals are becoming more depressed or leaning more on faith? I think for me, Jeff, you can answer this. Mm-hmm. I think what we're finding is more polarized, a more polarized society. And what I mean by that is, is that I, I get a sense that the season that we're in, that a lot of people ride the fence on things. So a lot of people are like, well, I don't really fully believe in this, but I don't really fully believe in that. And we we make those kind of ride the fence comments and decisions, and we put ourselves in that position in society as a whole a lot of times. Don't get me wrong. You're going to get the people that are just, no, I'm pinned to one side or I'm pinned to the other. But mm-hmm. in our – and and this isn't – I don't want this to be a misuse of the word, but in our political correctness that we've walked through in the last generation of being politically correct about everything, I think what we've lost is, and this is going to make sense to falling into more depression or leaning more on faith. I think what we've lost is our ability to say, I'm going to make a decision. In the book of Revelations, it says, 
you were neither hot nor cold. You were lukewarm, so I spit you out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. So I just look at God, and this is just me, and I think God says, I'm just not a fan of people that ride the fence. Right. I don't think we need to be polarizing, meaning if I, I can have a strong belief in faith, but it doesn't mean that I'm polarizing to, let's say Jeff has no faith. Mm-hmm. He has no belief in a God or anything. Just because I have a strong belief in that and I'm strong in my ability to say, like, I believe in a God. But it's not to stand against Jeff. There's a difference there. I think so. Sometimes I think we get that screwed up. That's good. I think where we're at right now is we're in a time in society where people are maybe sensing that riding the fence isn't an option as much anymore. So you have to choose. You have to. Are you in or you out? Like, are you going to? Are you going to lean into your faith or are you going to lean lean into your you know friends' opinions or Facebook's? you know, algorithm? Are you going to lean into what, what you're being fed? And so I don't know that I'm finding that individuals are becoming more depressed or leaning more on their faith. I think what I'm finding in com- this is just me personally, I haven't done a poll across the country, <laughs> but in just in my personal conversations, I think what I'm finding is that people are becoming more decisive about one or the other. That's right. Does that does that, that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. So I just think people are like, hey, I'm really, really, really depressed. And I could say to them, you know, what about your relationship with God and how he speaks into that? Da, da, da. And they're like, well, I kind of just don't don't really even believe in that so much anymore. And what what I'm seeing is that people are just getting off the fence. Yeah. Well, you probably weren't believing in that much six months ago, but nothing was pushing you off the fence. Correct. Now something is. Now something's pushing you off the fence, and you got to decide, do I believe in this or not? And I could go down, by the way, I think Jeff and I could sit here for a whole episode, and we could talk through almost everything that we see in society right now, from uh, racial tension to justice and injustice, and I'm not Health. just talking about racial justice and injustice. I mean just justice and injustice. I think we could talk about this in terms of political fields. Health. Health. Faith. Relationships. Oh, man. Relationships. Massive, right? Um, how about this one? Wealth, yes. meaning money. There's really a e- transfer. Economy. That's right. So I think what we're finding is, is that individuals um, – are not becoming more depressed or leaning more into faith. They're just making a decision, and we are seeing more clarity with where people stand. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you were saying that triggered when you did this question is, I don't know if you guys read the New Testament, but there was a gentleman, his name was Thomas. And we, we call him Doubting Thomas because he was doubting when Jesus resurrected from the dead and entered the room he didn't believe that that was Jesus, and he couldn't believe. He says, I'll only believe if you show me the pricks in your side and the holes in your feet or something like that, and Jesus showed him that evidence that he needed to see, and because he saw those things, he was able to believe. It's okay to doubt some things. 
But one of the things I will never doubt is that he said, it is finished. He died for us to have faith. And when we lack faith, we need to get in some type of community. And what I mean, you can get a Zoom group. You can get people that pray for you. Get around people. Start having other tools. Being depressed is something of the enemy. It pre it's keeping you from pressing in, depressing. It's pressing against you. Anything that presses against us, you naturally want to press back. So you just need to learn how to fight the right way, spiritually, how to come at him and press the enemy. Yeah, dude, that's super good. I think I just want to add this um, to what I said and what Jeff said, maybe for some clarity. I do believe mm -hmm. that there are, there are, I do believe there is a greater opportunity than ever yes. to have people step into lifestyles of faith mm -hmm. and following Jesus. I 100% believe that. I think the opportunity is greater than ever in my lifetime. And so there's just different, different times in history. I believe that the time is is incredibly poised. I think the harvest is, is rich, is it's what the rich scripture, right. you know, says. And so I, I think we have a huge opportunity, um, as people are finding themselves maybe becoming more depressed. I believe that even if they're becoming more depressed, it's, those are open opportunities for the love of Jesus, yes. just for the love of a father. And so we end up having people step in and we hear incredible stories about, just people sharing just the heart of the father and like not even talking about not even getting to the part of the story where God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> right. Have you experienced yeah. this? Like yeah. where you just start talking about the father loving mm. you so much that people are so dry and desperate for love. That's the depression and the loneliness they're feeling that they literally just come undone. Like they come undone just at the. There's there's just, there's just a father that loves you. Yeah, it's just that just <laughs> we think it's basic. Yeah. And to them, it's like monumental because God says His grace is sufficient. Yeah. His grace is sufficient. Word of the Lord, really quick before we probably got to close. I'm gonna answer one more question. Go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. You, you okay. go ahead. I'm just saying I'm going to answer So I told my daughter this. May I believe this is for some people that are watching and who will watch later on that. The enemy or the, wants you to stand still in fear and not go after things because of the situation or the quarantine that we're in. This is a time for believers to be accelerated. Yeah. If you'll step into the spirit of the holy of the presence, you're going to pass people who are standing on the sideline in fear. Mm -hmm. You will grab a hold of faith and you will walk right past them because they're polarized in fear. This is an opportunity, uh, opportunity for us to declare what we want, put action and walk right on past into our breakthrough. Yep. That goes right into the question that was asked. So somebody asked uh, on Facebook, it was Sh Sherry Greth. Hey, Sherry. Um, hey, Sherry. Hey, Sherry. Um, she said, we were talking about this, this, this topic right here. Um, and she said, could it be fear of man causing them to not know what to say or believe? And I think that's what you're speaking to. That, that's one form of fear. I think fear of man 100% is a form of fear that we end up, we end up walking kind of on this fence position where we don't say, 
I believe in God. Come I believe on. in Jesus. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the empowerment. I believe in these things. Where I'm just going to stay on the fence because I'm afraid that if I if I say what I really believe, my friends are going to make fun of me, or my boss is going to fire me, and and that and you know that goes both ways, man. There's people I may not like what some people are saying mm -hmm. that they believe in. But I, I said this before, and I think you and I have talked about this. I'd rather have you just tell me to my face what you believe, yeah. so that I know that I'm gonna like you and I are gonna disagree on this, no than to like wonder what ambiguous world mm -hmm. you're living in and do you where are you at? And it's like I can never figure out. I can never figure Jeff out because he's like one day it seems like he's kind of like leans in this way, and then never because Jeff's just the truth is maybe that person is just wildly afraid of people yeah. they're afraid and they have a fear of man yeah. and they have a fear of what people are going to think and say of them Come on. and so i think when jeff just gave that word because i believe that was just such a good word of acceleration for us as followers and not being paralyzed by fear i think one of the biggest hands down one of the biggest fears that we become completely polarized paralyzed mm -hmm. and we become virtually useless to, to ourselves sometimes is the fear of men. Yes. Brings a snare. We're, we're, we are so afraid of the people around us and what they think and say. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something, uh, I think that's something that, that God can break off of people tonight. I think yes. that's something that God can break in our lives tonight and we can walk in faith instead of fear and that's such a common message but it's a common message because it's a common issue <laughs> and i think right now we have a lot of people walking in fear we have yeah. a lot of people responding in fear they're not responding in faith they're not responding out of a place of the father's presence and out of the promises Come on. they're responding out of oh my gosh I feel paralyzed because of the fear that I, yeah. I feel. So because it's all around them. It's all around them. Yeah, but um, remember that you are in the presence of an enemy. You are standing against while simultaneously standing in the presence of. I love when you did that. You That's are good. standing against. So when you say, "But you don't get it, Pat. I'm surrounded," I say, "I understand that." But the perspective shift is. You're also surrounded by the presence of God. That's right. There are more for you. Way more. Than against you. So he sends hosts. It says hosts of heaven. Yes. <laughs> to stand around you. <laughs> that inhabit. Actually, it Ooh. says that his hosts inhabit our worship. So there's something that happens when you have the host legions of angels. Ooh. I'll take in that. camps and... Um, sowing into and coming into the environments that we're releasing mm. worship into. And so as a church, I want to tell you something. We will not back down and we will continue to release hosts, heavenly hosts yes. into the environments. Yes. We will continue to be worship centric. We will continue to press people to get into the presence of God. Yes. I will continue to be encouraged um, to do that myself, even when, I'm falling flat on my face and I'm having David moments uh, where I'm blowing it and I want to be pulled back to the presence of God. Mm. It's his presence. It's not position. That's right. We can stand simultaneously. Come on. Jeff, would you pray for us tonight and yes. release just the presence of God in our homes and in this yes. place as we leave?
Father, right now, I release what you've given us, the fullness of your Holy Spirit into every home, everyone that is listening, whether they listen now or later on. We release a fullness of your presence in their homes, where they're standing, where they're dwelling. We thank you, Father, that your hand is never too short, that it can't deliver, and your ear does not hear our cry. Father, we release healing to those that need healing. Papa Don, we release healing to your body, uh, to your mind, and we release strength to marriages that, Father God, and families right now, I thank you, Father, that you will not bring division to every family, but we come against the enemy, and we release your presence that will bring unity, resolution, and restoration. We thank you that you're not a man that you would lie, but we lift up the praises and honor you for doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. We glorify your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Once again, thank you for being with us for another night of Wednesday Night Live with myself, Pastor Pat, and Pastor Jeff. We thank you for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you, as always, on Sunday and Wednesdays. If there's anything that you need, please let us know. Please. We look forward to seeing you. Love you guys. Have a good night.